Yeah. I'm I'm doing a uh, live tweet because our marketing literally starts when the show starts. Welcome to Game of Notes, a weekly podcast on the cosmos from independent validator teams. His name is Crypto Like Mo. 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 If you're waiting for us to tag in, I'm out. I'm out. About. His name is Crypto Like Mo. <laughs> Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the Cosmos from independent validator teams. And in between our episodes, Crypto Like Mo uh, uh, self deleted his Twitter account and then undeleted it. So that was that was like the most exciting thing that happened this week, as far as I'm concerned. Um, other opinions are available. Um, Asaf from Secret is with us this week, and he's being so stoic that he is actually frozen. <laughs> actually is that, like. We, we all know he's an elite hacker. He has literally hacked his own webcam and frozen it. He's actually just, you know, bustling around doing some chores, I'm sure. Um, can you guys hear me, but, though? Hey! Hey, we can hear you. Yep, there it is. Yep. We can, we can hear is. you, but we can't see you. But I'm that's definitely it. moving. You're frozen in a relatively <laughs> handsome, if somewhat confused pose. So, you know, that's it's up to you what you want to do about that knowledge. Um <laughs> So, uh, leave. Oh, he decided to leave. Oh, there it is. That's actually a reasonable reaction to what just happened. So, um, yeah, we, we, I, I really, uh, yeah. So, the whole crypto like Mo thing, that was a bit weird. And there are a bunch of other funny things that happened. So, the figment thing was that this week as well. Well, hold on. We've got a little bit more to talk about with crypto like Mo because there was stuff that brought this on. I'm pretty sure what brought this on was like day one, he goes, All right. I've sold all my Evmos and I've sold all my Juno and I've sold everything because they're going nowhere fast. And then like 12 hours later, he goes, I have 10,000 Juno. It's going to the moon or whatever. And people were like, are you serious right now? You just said you burnt everything. And now you're like, like talking it up. What is going on? And then he closed his Twitter account. And then brought but it he's back. also back now. So, and well, yeah. And then he brought it back. So I guess he paper hands twice. I don't know. <laughs> Does he have what, what I, I I think I'm blocked by him. So um what what's the, did, when why he came back, was he like happen? was he like the jokes on you? I definitely have 10,000 you know. What was the what was the summary there? Uh I mean, I think that he like shadow brought himself back because I think there was something of an announcement whenever he left and then he just kind of like quietly slid back in like undeleted his account. He was probably like, "Oh, I have I've got a bunch of followers. I don't want to get that account out." Yeah, I might find some other way of rugging them in future. I don't know. I saw the phrase um, soft rug recently, like in the last day, uh, related to fan fury. And I was like, that's an interesting, <laughs> that's a new term, but. What was that? Wait, start yeah, what? what was that one? Uh, so it, the context is uh, a project that builds on a chain does like, I don't know if they actually did an airdrop or they promised an airdrop or they were they built up their kind of marketing presence on one chain, presumably with the project pro- promise of an airdrop or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're, I think now going archway, I want to say. Um, so essentially, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, I guess it's like um, not delivering on a, on a sort of implied thing. Yeah. It should really be a pre rug. Shouldn't it? <laughs> it's like a pre mine. It's like a pre rug. It's like before the rug, <laughs> before the rug could even happen we just we just we just actually we just taken the project it's gone it's away 
you can't you can't see it you don't know it, it goes to another school well, I was informed of a self-rugging recently. I had a meeting with the team today and they were like, yeah, you know, we were part of this team and the two founders, you know, they, they decided to rug each other because they, they like stopped trusting each other and they both decided to sell like simultaneously, which got rid of all the liquidity and rugged themselves for an active project. So they're like, well, so then we kind of went and did a different project. I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, where do I invest in that? That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy crypto funding sounds 101. Amazing. Right? Yeah. But but you know, VCs are bad, man. Um <laughs> That's right. That's accountability right. to investors bad. That's right. Yeah, um, exactly. Or, or 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 something. I I mean, yeah, there's a time and a place for everything, isn't there? But uh you do. Oh, yeah. Um so crypto like this this is the the spreadsheet, which those of the those who are regular listeners will will know that we refer to you a lot because we are very professional. Mm-hmm. Um it's obviously more of a character at this point, I think, than a natural reality. Um, but we, there's the, the, the these sequential entries like crypto like Mo is gonzo, crypto like Mo is back. Why did crypto like Mo go in the first place? As like sometimes we, because we we're in very different time zones, sometimes when I don't know, I, when I see a thing there, I'm like, I didn't know that happened. So I just type, why? Why? Yeah, what's going on here? Um, and then that's how we build up content for the, for the listeners of this show so uh follow-ups from last week um obviously usurper was very angry about how the show ended um but i i did some more looking around about the consultation for the uh, digital pound sometimes informally i had thought called britcoin because that was like the thing a few years ago it was super cringe it's obviously super cringe and you should only ever say britcoin really ironically with full hatred for whoever thinks that that is a good name (laughs) but apparently did you um, wait? Did you moniker that? No, you no, did, it right? Like a, it was like a oh, thing it's been talked ago. about. Okay, it, it, was, right. it was a theory thing years ago where very, very lame, very kind of, right, or I guess, right wing, economically, bell ends were just like we're just like ah, oh, the best thing will happen after Brexit. We can do lots of exciting new things like Bitcoin, and it's just like you go fuck yourself. Um, anyway, <laughs> would you prefer something like Uckcoin or something like that? Yeah. I mean, the sad thing is, it's just facetious enough a name to merely to maybe actually be the correct name. But it's not bad. I mean, it could be worse. So, all right. But (laughs) the thing I found is that so apparently, this whole consultation thing about digital pound, uh, that civil servants who are against the program and think it's like whatever their objections like, it's pie in the sky thinking, it lets in, you know, because the the thing is, it's actually not going to be a cryptocurrency in all likelihood, but it's just. Yeah, people who are skeptics of the ability to deliver, all that sort of stuff, have instead called the project Shitcoin. I read that in a paper. Oh, I was yeah. like, now that's a name I can get behind. <laughs> and, and and we already know this. We've seen since 2016 the pound is one-to-one with the shittest coin. So yeah, it, it already is, it already is like definitive shitcoin. Yeah, great name. I don't and the best thing about that though is that there's like I don't know if you've ever seen in the thick of it or in the loop or something like that, like they're they're apparently pretty pretty accurate as to what behind the scenes of british politics is like with maybe a bit more swearing than reality mm-hmm, right right yeah but the fact that a civil servant would just be like shitcoin completely can believe that is 100 <laughs> believable the best bit is i reckon whoever's calling it shitcoin does not actually even know that that's a thing in crypto so it's just Right, right. It was, they just thought it was they just, just emergent it, behavior. Right? Yeah. People yeah. are just going yeah. like, "This is a shit coin," and you're like, "It is. It is a shit coin. <laughs> it is a shit coin." <laughs> what else would you call it? <laughs> you, su- you, you suddenly turn into Jeremy Clarkson there for a second. It is a shit coin. 
Oof. It sounds like anyway. But if it doesn't depeg, they can call it whatever the fuck they want, right? Hey, look, if, if we can pay our staff in it, yeah, that would actually be like. If I could use it here, useful. if I could actually, if I could IBC that shit, if I could IBC be, that shit, if I could actually use it like in real in real life somewhere, like they can call it whatever the hell they want. Bitcoins. <laughs> you could call it whatever. whatever the, the you you can't deliver Matthew McConaughey there for a second. Um, Ooh, that uh, reminds me. Before we, we don't have the USK uh, uh, exploit on here. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna add that to the sheet right now. <laughs> USK exploit. Put one more flexible uh, stablecoin on there. USK. <laughs> one more slightly elastic <laughs> stablecoin. USK DPEG of the week. Right. It's been isn't it a few times now? Yeah. Yeah. Is that true? I didn't know that. I thought so. or maybe it was not DPEG. Maybe it was more exploits than DPEGs. Uh, I'm not sure of either of those. I, as far as I'm aware, this is the first exploit of the USK contract. Mm. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll come okay. back to it later. We'll Hopefully, maybe. Who knows? In death, a member of Project Tombstone has a name. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> we've had no tombstones this week, so we've got to talk about cybersecurity, haven't we? Um, oh, and Rama, Rama in the chat uh, has said, I, I guess this is in reference to the soft rug, kind of like Levana did with the NFT side of the project. Yeah. Sometimes that that was um, legal concerns, wasn't it? Something like that. They spoke to um, spoke to their legal team. Somebody probably said the word security, and then that was that was that. Maybe hard Could to be. say. I heard something like that at the time. So, um, are we going to talk about one hundred three and one hundred four on the hub? Because that's the that's that's maybe the biggest drama du jour. Because that all sort of spilled out into other chains, didn't it, over the weekend? But like, do we have to talk about it? <laughs> uh, I mean, do you want to? I, I think at this point, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to say mood of the room is like, yeah, maybe fun confio. Maybe. Well, the, I think the well, the 103 drama was how many different ways will they be funded, right? And are there concurrent ways? And who has the prime? And who's picking up the spare? And first, like, oh, this group isn't going to fund it. So we started this other one. But then the first group back said, we are going to fund it. So then do we do the second one? Like, I think that's where that's coming from, right? Is like, is there a budget? And is there is there a budget of need? And is there a makeup of the solutions that fit into that need in an orderly way that people understand what the hell's being funded? And I think the answer to that probably right now is no, or at least it's pretty murky. That's kind of what I, what I see in LS. Well, to me also, what I find is interesting is how the conversation is completely surrounded like their expenses. The conversation is totally, well, your expenses are met. How could you possibly need more money? Yeah, right. Well, it might just happen that we have other projects that we want to keep going with, with doing Cosmwasm and there's backlogs we want to hit, but God forbid we have anything of a rainy day fund or something. No, yeah. People want to, everybody wants everyone to make the bare minimum. So they could be successful, right? So, like, I, I think that that's a that's just like slightly human nature in some sort of sense is is question like people have never had a organizational budget, then they look at it and and then and then also the way we talked about this before, but the way that these teams present their numbers are such they're awful. Like they just do a really poor job of like actually laying out where the dollars are going and also talking at a greater level in terms of what this enables and what of that is like runtime needs and what is that related to growth and what is this and. Like they just do a pretty poor job of that. And then the teams that, and then the groups that are funding those don't, like we talked about before is they don't restate those in any sort of way that makes it easier for the, for people to make decisions around it. Right. And especially when they overlap and they're all mixed up, I think it it becomes a lot of confusion. 
Yeah, and I think there's a tough point to it too, where you know, Confio is integrated with several projects and or teams. Like, yeah. like I don't know what their interaction with Tgrade is necessarily, but I know that's come up. And I know that they're kind of used in tandem with Tgrade. My understanding is that they they don't own Tgrade, but they were like the developers that were commissioned to build it effectively, right? Yeah. But it's not really clear what all those different interactions are. And then, of course, we have Win now. But my understanding yeah. of Win is it's more of an Ethan thing, not a Confio thing. And so, how do all these things kind of intertwine? Um, not that I really fault, or not that I don't, I do not fault them for not making everything one hundred percent clear because. I probably wouldn't have thought of bringing that up in the first place when we were talking about like the single entity, but there's, I definitely feel like it's a little opaque. Yeah. For, for what it's worth, I think Wind is, is two developers from Confio and they pay Ethan for consultancy. There oh, really? is there's some interaction there, but I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I know Ethan is obviously involved and he's involved in the design, but I heard that the actual, whatever the incorporated, whatever the, the entity is that wind is going to land on because right. they are putting one together. I don't think Ethan is actually involved in that entity, although he has worked as a developer on wind. Yeah. I think it's, um, what the same. Okay. Actually, I was about to say a name and then I realized I don't know who's docs and who's not. So I'm not going to say anything. Um, uh, Rama says Ethan and Milan down in the chat. From okay. So Milan is docs. Okay. Right. I mean, that's, that's the other thing is like everybody's involved in everything, right? So you have, different project owners or team members that have like three or four other side projects. And so like the idea of like, oh, we need this money for this team, even though the members of that team might be on different, like it's goofy, right? But again, that doesn't mean that it's not a val- It doesn't mean that the numbers aren't correct. And, but it, but people try to be able to, just, like then everybody turns into a judge and jury around what does it take to run a business when people have no understanding of how much yeah. it takes to run a business, right? Or or what it also doesn't- that? It also doesn't help that like the numbers involved are very from the hip and also mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. There's a few like when somebody says to you, Oh, it's about two million dollars, you're like, Okay, so it's not two million dollars and that instantly sounds it just trips the like yeah. bullshit kind of alarm. But the thing is, it probably is two million dollars. It's probably like two point one seven million dollars or something like that. Right, right. And 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 like like there was a whole thing and, and we've had this as well to a lesser extent with like how and the stuff that we've done people like being like where's your roadmap why haven't you done more stuff what are you doing right blah, 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 blah. and you're just like look okay and I, I kind of you know when when confio are like oh yeah two million dollars for a year or whatever it was is our is our burn i was like yeah i mean last time i worked for a startup that was vc funded it was i think our burn was 200 200 grand a month on base salaries plus uh, and it, it was basically two million pounds so a bit more in dollars was the yearly burn and right. when when we were looking like we were running out of cash everybody got made redundant that was because it was just like you look at the numbers and you're like we're not going to bring in the amount of income to cover those salaries in the next six months so we have to cut everybody loose now Otherwise, we're going to run out of money completely in six months. So that's right. the other thing that people maybe don't know is that you're you're on a decision-making cycle where, depending on what jurisdiction you're in, right? And they're Europeans, so I, I'm kind of vaguely assuming a place where you have to give notice and you have to pay people during their notice. So that's obviously right. the case here. You know, you're okay. So like one month notice times every person. So you've got to make a decision one month before you run out of cash. Yeah. And then you've got to, you know, if you want any chance of surviving as a business when times get like existentially tough, like 
existential risk to the business tough, you know? The other thing is, I think, which I think we might have mentioned before, but that the, these types of proposals should be funding output, not teams. So they should be funding specific types of deliverables, not teams. This, this Confio one is about teams. It's all about, hey, we have 10 people and this is our burn rate and we think we need 25. And by the way, this is going to support Cosmwasm and Cosmjs and quote unquote many other related repos. Fuck all that. Like, tell me what the budget is for Cosmwasm for the next two years and let's fund Cosmwasm. Or Cosmjs, right? Or Cosmjs, whatever it is. Because nothing can happen without Cosmjs. Put put two up. And if the people don't want Cosmwasm and they want Cosmjs and that's that's what they want to put in and we want deliverables associated, then put that as, say exactly what it takes to be able to deliver Cosmjs for the next two years. And then, then put that up for proposal. This is funding teams. Like, it's not, there's no deliverables in here. It's just like, Hey, we got a bunch of people and we do a bunch of shit for the thing. And and they do. They do great work. I'm not I'm not bad mouthing the team or the or what they do, but that's not how you fund projects. Like if you go go into like any business like, hey, we wanna we think we should enter this new business area, but that business area would be here's what we get out of it, here's what the cost to be able to get there. And it's very specific in terms of what we're buying, right? And what the deliverables and milestones are. There's like no milestones in here. Again, this is this goes back to this goes back to like a general we don't know how to run projects or we don't know how to run engagements we don't know how to run like deliverables over a period of time to get from a to b and so just just throw us ninety six thousand at them and we're going to support all this type stuff it's too nebulous like it just anyway like it's that's a real it's a real real challenge i think i i really like the way you put that because i've been thinking and struggling with this a little bit lately because the way it's kind of being presented is it, it seems like companies are forced to be, for lack of a better word, public in cryptocurrency rather than being you know, public versus private. It's just yeah. public. If you want funding, you need to be a public entity. But being a public entity then gets into like the securities area. And the way it's being treated right now with a lot of these proposals is as if they're a public entity, when the reality is they're not. They're a private company that's providing public goods. These are good. small private companies. Like Even if they're like, like Confio, they're like, oh, we've got like 15 staff. You're like... So you're you're a small startup sized company, literally. Like these are not these are not big. Yeah, like you say, they're not big public companies. That level of transparency is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, go ahead, Schultz. What are you going to say? We gotta finish. No, no, that 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 was basically it. Is that we're talking about these little companies, and so like there's this desire for this utmost level of transparency. Oh, where where all your funding going towards? Like, yeah, I can tell you how much I spent on relaying this month or whatever. Is it? Should people be able to request how much I have spent? Uh, I don't really. I mean, I guess if if you're talking about funding me for specifically relaying, then yeah. Then yeah, you're right. Then you, but, you could produce a report to show that, right? You know what your fees are associated with that, right? Yeah, but there's this expectation of transparency, I think, is just such a, an interesting conversation um, within the space of private companies. Yeah. But, but again, like, I, I think it does come back to the idea of inexperienced individuals and groups having responsibility for treasuries that they should not have responsibilities for. And and how this goes to a, a general populace of saying yes or no. Like, I mean, let's move to 104. So Notional puts out that they, I forget what the, what the request was. It was- for, for 40,000 Adam per year for three years. All right, so 120. So they want a three-year funding. I was so going to bring up this up next as well. Sorry for interrupting. That's okay. That it's, it's wild that now, like the conversation changed so quickly from Confi on 103 asking for 96,000. Yeah. And I think it was, 
I think to that extent, it's less than one year of funding. And then Notional immediately, the next proposal goes for immediately three years of of funding. And I want to say there's a requirement of those tokens being staked on their validator until they're sold. There's something like that within there. So it's such a weird, different conversation and change of like, and it all kind of started with the Cosmic Validator proposal where they're like, oh, well, they got funding for creating videos. Well, then, well, I'm not going to reduce Confio's uh, proposal for that. But I guess you could extend it to the 221 or whatever for for the uh, interchain information um, proposal. But I'm I'm going off the rails here a little bit, so I'll back off. Yeah, that's okay. So and then so they they came out and they like this one was for forty thousand atoms per year to do hub maintenance and incident response. Notional will monitor the Cosmos hub for vulnerabilities on a three sixty five to twenty four seven basis. Okay, um, when we become aware of it going ongoing vulnerability we will coordinate with relevant teams sdk ibc common tendermint to produce a patch we'll assist in rolling these patches out to validators resolve the incident as soon as possible but nobody's asked for that role right like like there's there's other teams that do that there's other groups that have have involvement within here i, I don't know like like at least that at least that like that that's a deliverable that we can make a decision on to say do we want a support team for cosmos like do we want to do we want a cosmos atom support team for the cost of half a million dollars a year in liquidity and that 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 that's an actual at least it's something we can look at and it's, they're not saying how many people are involved in that they're just saying this is what we're going to do for this and then there's no slas of course what the hell other than we're going to watch for it but but they're they're at least putting something out there to say we want to be able to play this role and people can make a decision on it there's honestly a lot about notional's proposal that i really like um i think that as a concept it's it's laid out at least as i understand it um really well where they're like hey there's this role we want to fill um, we want three years of tokens, so three-year guarantee of payment. However, we're not actually going to hold those tokens. They're going to go into a third party. A third party will stake on us, and then they'll have vesting. So as this happens, it rolls out. I yeah. really like that, actually. I like that idea of it. Too often, like the comp proposal, in it, they say that we're basically just going to sell it immediately as soon as we get it. And I'm I'm not strictly opposed to that. Um, there are two different ways of going about it, but I do like the idea of notionals notion of being like all right we're just going to roll it out really slowly yeah and copy actually they should be if, if this is truly for a salary over a period of time and they think they have a burn rate we know what that burn rate is and this should be sold on a monthly basis not on a not everything up front like they shouldn't then they should take it as a salary right and stake it until it needs it or or do whatever right they should manage it that way yeah maybe anyway. not but then there's a problem there with vesting right because again depending on your jurisdiction vesting may be really suboptimal for a business all right so they hold it yeah, I mean, it, there's, I mean, this is the thing. There's like vesting, and then there's like an escrow contract that releases on the first of every month. You're right. right? It should be and more that, of an escrow. That's right. You're right. It should be. And, and, it should be a grant on a specific date. Right. You're right. There's, You're right. there's right. a lot of like people talking yeah. about vesting at the moment, and it does my fucking head in because if somebody offers us vesting, I tell them to go fuck off. Right. Well, I mean, you're paying. Because then you're, you're you're paying the tax up front on something that might yeah, well, depreciate. Well, also, value like technically, technically, you're supposed to account for that every block right and obviously that's not going to happen but it's it's just just why why not do the same thing but just release it on a regular schedule right it's just a few more lines of in fact it's probably easier to code like <laughs> that's the thing not written an escrow contract i've obviously written some stuff around vesting vesting is really fucking hard like an escrow is actually quite straightforward the only thing that's obviously very easy to fuck up is the target blocks if you're doing it by blocks, otherwise you can do it by block time, but that, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't try, like it is fine to do 
Times, but I don't trust them, basically, is I, my review of Times in almost any computer programming context, but doubly fucking um, so in blockchain. But do you, mean- you just can't trust those Times. But like, I mean, Asaf, what's your take here? Like, because you, you obviously, like, you folks at Secret, like, like Juno, you obviously have a relationship with Confio, yeah. you have interaction with them. Like, because my my gut feeling, like, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of with Shulsi and Yusepa on this, where I'm like, I I trust Confio to deliver value, and I trust them to deliver value up to the amount they're asking for. But the lack of deliverables, yeah, I, I may be a feral programmer now, but like I did work in industry once, and like the complete lack of deliverables does make you go like, I if somebody came into tender in my old life and was just like, we want to do this and give us some money, I'd be like, all right, lads, I'm I'm pretty relaxed, but you're gonna to have to at least put some bullet points for me you know with maybe some dates <laughs> yeah well i think like Schultz said it's it's an interesting issue because either way people will complain like if you if you give a bullet list of deliverables they will start to to pick pick it apart and if you just give like a big number and then they will start to ask uh, what are the de- deliverables the milestones and such so either way you're going to get like people coming at you so <laughs> and plus they're a small business like they're probably 15 people and like if you if you tell them to to just work on Cosmosm but they have other projects so so what they should fire people because they only get funding for Cosmosm like it's a it, it's a hard question i guess there is What's interesting, I guess, is like the way you expressed it just there, where you know, do you fire the people that don't work on the the thing that's been funded? That there is a model for that, isn't there? Which is a um, a corporate partnership or a corporate secondment, where like if you're, I don't know, Pepsi, right? I don't. Know. We were talking about Pepsi and Monster before the show. It's not important why listeners, but the Top Gun sponsored by Monster Energy. There you go. That's the reason. And yes, it is Schultz's Tash. Anyway, the point is, uh, Pepsi have decided that they want to, I don't know, um, uh, I'm struggling to think of a charity. Somebody, somebody think of a charity like uh, MAG, right? Landmines. I don't know why that's the first one came to my head. Uh, Pepsi are like, we really need to get rid of landmines. I don't know why Pepsi are doing that. It's a thing, marketing, whatever. Don't, t- don't talk bad about Pepsi's care about landmines what are you talking about they care a lot about landmines that's why they're doing a partnership with mag right yeah so they 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 go to mag like a group that know how to clear landmines okay and they go to them we want to do a project where you clear landmines and we want to pay for it and then they mag will will then would would i guess go and pick an operational area they work in where there's landmines and then they would go okay well we will here's the project and here's the people involved here's the time scale and here's what's going to cost you but it's typically my understanding is those sorts of engagements are um, time boxed and the money is ring fenced to the project team that is doing the thing. So if they're like, we're going to take out mines in, are there still mines in former Yugoslavia? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> this is really str- This is really taxing for this late on a Wednesday. I'm totally zoning out. <laughs> so so they, they can say like, we didn't do it in this place with these people. Money's ring fenced. Pepsi, the bill is $1 million, right? Yeah. And they wouldn't be able to say, oh, okay, we actually think there's this other role that we could spend some money on. That would be really cool because that's going to allow us to get rid of 
loads of landmines, but just like not in that one area or whatever. They'd be like, no, 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 that's out of scope for this partnership, right? So maybe maybe that's like the problem is we're looking at this from the point of view of like you should have the final say in your own business if you're a small business. But if you were like a big business or a big charity or something like that where you do commercial partnerships, the there's there is, there is like a model for this where yeah you 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 say I'm going to hire three people they're going to work on this and that is that's fucking it right yeah but that whatever that budget is might be beyond those three people that that team might have three or four of these proposals up that can fund different pieces like and if but I do agree but I I do think that we're we're buying like the the community's buying output and deliverables not teams right they're not buying they're not buying contractors like they're buying there's an output to this right like the team is saying hey we're going to support cosm js or something for a year so we we think it's this many people to be able to do that uh, I would assume that that ask is more than their salaries right that ask is this is a revenue number for our, so we have a cost of that we have a margin associated with that because we're not doing work for charity right so we're going to assume it's a forty percent margin. We have five hundred thousand dollars of cost. We add another, you know, uh, four hundred thousand on top of that. We're asking for nine hundred thousand dollars over one year to be able to support that Cosm JS, right? If another team can do that cheaper, then then maybe they deserve that business. But I doubt it, right? So, and then if that nine hundred thousand, if they need to, if that means that they that that extra margin allows them to do something else and be able to be able to grow another part of the business and be able to get something else sponsored and be able to build that out. That's how that should happen, right? But the idea of just saying, hey, we 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 need two million dollars over three years to support a bunch of stuff and we're good guys, I I you know, I, I think that's if there's enough um if there's enough uh trust there that maybe the community gets there. But the idea is that we're like the community's buying output, right? They're buying new users or they're buying code that's gonna generate more value, not teams. So I and they should and they should be pricing that accordingly. Like they should show that. And what that what that requires to do that. I, I have a follow-up question to that. So Asaf, I think that secret was, if not the first Cosmwasm chain, the second Cosmwasm chain after Terra. When when you when you guys had started using Cosmwasm, did you get any sort of uh, have any sort of ongoing relationship with Confio whenever you were developing Secret? Yeah. We, and if that's the you did. What was so, the other part? So I guess the question is. Is that ongoing relationship with upstream chains like part of their proposal? You know, because that seems like a really big value add. I know security updates are, but providing uh, support as a service, I suppose, seems like something that should be strictly outlined as well. And maybe that's how they should get another source of funding, right? Is, hey, we're a secret network. We use Cosmwasm. We will throw an additional funding for you to have some sort of like support lifeline. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I guess. Not that I'm making the statement that secrets should. Yeah, just obviously. I'm curious on on what their, um, what Confio's relationship has been with the downstream chains. Yeah, for us, like since I guess 2020, it's just like maybe security updates and stuff like that. We worked pretty closely with them since I think March of 2020. Up until we launched on September 2020, um, and then I guess like we drifted apart because we we stuck with with the V 0.10. Of course, there was them for two years, and they kept on building. Uh, but early on, we we worked we worked very closely together 
Uh, we worked on the upstream Cosmosm code and then cut a version for ourselves uh, and took it from there. Um, like our version is almost a complete rewrite of the internals and we just kept the API. Uh, yeah. Which is sometimes a pain in the ass <laughs> to yeah. get uh, updates from upstream because we need to, to rewrite them too. But uh, we had to 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 do this, uh, to add the privacy features we, we wanted. So I guess it's maybe doesn't affect secret in the same way, but I, but the question then kind of circles back around to public goods, right? Which is that if you use a thing like an open source library to <clears throat> ship a product, are you, I mean, in a perfectly ideal world, everybody makes enough money to get by and you send some money back upstream to the projects that you rely on. Right. But like, in a realistic world where budgets are always having to be justified, how long do you continue kicking back to a public good project? Because, you know, it doesn't feel like you should have to pay forever, right? That's, that's, it's because then that's, that's free as in beer, not free as in freedom, yeah. right? You, you always should, yeah. you, there is a point where you go, yeah, okay. Like we've, we've contributed back enough. I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult, it's a difficult hypothetical, I think, you know, because if something wouldn't exist without the other thing, um, yeah. I guess it depends on the rate of change and how much is like, when does it go beyond just development into like long-term support type of things or if I'm just doing security, like I'd assume some of those decisions would come into that. Or in this case, like if it moves to Cosm.js and maybe, maybe that should be the one that receives uh, book funding or something similar to that. I can't believe we talked about this topic for 40 minutes. Like, that's unbelievable to me that we, we wanted to avoid 103 and 104, and now we're 40 minutes in. Crazy. I honestly well, find it such a fascinating topic, though, because the topic of funding and of, like, responsibility and how opaque the company is, it's just such an all-encompassing topic, especially when you have two proposals that are looking for the same goals but implemented just completely, completely differently. Which, to that end, Soy Tustodio made a really great point earlier um, that the multi-sig for Notional's proposal is all internal Notional employees. So it's a little bit uh, not as great as I thought. That's not good. (laughs) But it's their ask, right? Why would it be somebody outside? Who cares? Well, Well, if they stop delivering, right? Like if they decide after year one that they're like, meh, I guess we're good. We've done enough. Well, they now mm-hmm. they've got two more years of funding that they can walk away with. So should should a multi-sig with either community or project or somebody else be on every single funding proposal? Yes. I think, to, I don't know about that. I think that certainly, I think it depends. Well, if, if you're going for three years, then yeah. I, if you're going for yeah. a, a quick buyout or payout like Confio, no, I don't think that's necessary. I mean, okay, fucking spicy opinion here, but I think if you've got like a three-year thing, nobody um, should. You not only should have a, a proper multi-sig on it, but you should be paying the people on the multi-sig because you are saying, oh, for the next three years, you have to pay attention to this number one, and like you know, not leave the ecosystem, go do something else. What if regulation changes on that subject? Like you're sticking your neck out. Um, in a way that I think is like not particularly obvious by there's, doing something like that. And there's there's no reason for three year proposals right now. That I I, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Like this business is measured in fucking months. There's no reason for three. Like who knows what the hell's gonna happen in three years? Right? We got 120,000 atoms sitting around somewhere. Like ask again next year, right? Like 
I don't like that seems ridiculous. Like who like is it can we reject so we can't reject two years, two and three of year one sucks, right? So there's no right to your point from a multi sig perspective or even for anything else, you can't pull that back. So I agree. Like that should be maybe that should be a thing, is like you, you can't request more than one year's of funding and then come back next year for the next piece. Like that seems pretty reasonable. Yeah, too. I mean that's quite a standard corporate contract is a year because you 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 can provide a cost so that you can hire an employee for two years to do one year's work so you know you don't have to fire them at month nine yeah. right yeah. because that, that's the reality of a two and this is the thing because i am an idiot right so i have to get our finance guys to explain to me how this stuff works and why like i've seen it play out like i've been made redundant in a startup and all this kind of shit like and, and you know, I've been in I've been in the thing where you you look at the company's finances, especially in a startup. You look at the burn rate, and you're like, ah, oh, shit, they're going to fire us next month, right? And then they do, and you're like, okay, cool, I can do elementary maths, but like the, the fact that I can intuit it doesn't mean I know the full reasoning behind all those things. So I, they, this is one of the big things I think that you know, those of us that aren't business geniuses like Usurper have had to like work out over the last year, especially with the big bull pump and then bear crash, and then all the tax implications of that and whatnot is actually like working out how you do cash flow for a business has been like one of the biggest learnings. I thought it would be simple. It is not simple, but like the rule of thumb, our accounts have, have just, and our fans, people have just, because we're obviously keen to bring on full-time staff rather than contractors. And they're just like, you need two years in the bank, two years in the bank. Have you got a contract that's bringing in two years of salary? Once you do that and you've got your percentage on top, then you can hire one person. Because then you don't have to fire them at month 10 when you're like, oh, God, we, we haven't been renewed. You yeah. can instead be like, all oh, right, we can we need to find new work to cover this salary. But look, we've got uh, a year and two months to find work before we have to fire you. And we've still made our whatever it is, 10 percent, 20 percent. It's it's definitely a lot harder in the EU than it is here in the US. That's for sure. I mean, we have everybody's at will, like fire anybody at any point for any reason. Like, which reason. is nuts to me but anything <laughs> your, today's your last day you're done now right like that's it so from an at will perspective there's a little bit easier controls to say hey this is going south it's not great right you don't want to look we've worked very hard over 20 years to not um, put anybody out in the street right because you want to be but but i don't need as much runway as you guys do right because you need you need a lot of runway because you're when you bring somebody on full time you're making a pretty long-term commitment to that employee now, exactly. if they decide to leave, that's different, right? Then, you, then you're you're done. But, but from your perspective, for as a business owner in the EU, it's really tough. Like we used to have a office in Amsterdam. I remember that very very clearly. Is once you make that decision, you're in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this hard. is why, like you know, the the thing that we the, the that I did before crypto was I worked I did contract work because yeah. if you need like a project lead or you need like people for technical due diligence or any number of things that require a software engineer where you just like need them like next week. Yeah. But you don't really know how long you're going to need them. There is like obviously a booming market as a result of this. And that's something that like, you know, I've, I've done in my career as a like, a, oh, this is actually quite interesting. If you like chopping and changing every six months, it's quite a good thing to do. Right. Yeah. But you know, it, it, capacity planning is hard. Um, and, and it's kind of all the way back to the thing you said at the start, which is that ordinary people like, I, I've been running this business for three years and it's only in the last 12 months that really have had like a full understanding of how all of that stuff fits together in terms of what we can and can't actually afford. Mm -hmm. 
So it's no surprise that the average person looks at the funding proposal and goes, that's too much money. Or I don't understand it. Yeah, or, like, yeah. Because I barely understand it and I have to deal with this stuff. <laughs> especially even like people don't even understand salaries. Like like a typical salary for a good engineer might be one hundred sixty dollars to $250,000 US. Like that is a pretty reasonable salary in blockchain. If if you are at home holding tokens and you think people are making 20 bucks an hour doing this type of work, that's incorrect. <laughs> they are making somewhere between 150, like, and even that range might be a little bit low depending on the skill sets involved, right? And sure. even, and what they want from an ownership perspective, tokens inbound, a percentage of ownership in terms of the business, like those are expensive individuals and they are, it's a small supply and a high demand for those types of things. So yeah, like, and people who have 50 Adam in a wallet and they saved up 500 bucks to be able to get there and are hoping to have that moon to $45 behind the scenes, there's some real big salaries to try to make projects that do that. I don't think people really understand that. Like, I don't think they understand the cost of, of some of things going there. Now, now again, like I also think that like, we're not buying salaries, we're buying projects and we're buying outcome. That's for those teams to figure out what their cost is to deliver. That's not the communities. The community, like if you say but, it's but that 10, is relevant for a core chain team, let's say for a core chain team, but like this Confio looking, thing, like, right, like, like they have like, yeah, they're know, showing, how do we, how do we pay whatever? $150,000, $160,000 plus a vest plus, you know, whatever. To, right. To, right. To attract talent that's going to be, um, incentivized to work for more than six months on a project because right. that's the other thing, right? Yeah, but it, but like Kafio says, hey, we have 10 people. We need 25 people to do this. Who voting on this has any effing clue whether that's reasonable or not? I even, I'm in this, like I'm in this business. I don't know if that's reasonable. I don't know. Can you do, can you have 25 developers working on a Cosmwasm GitHub repository at the same time, not overlapping each other? There's no single threaded items in there like is there really 25 like i've been on some big teams 25 wide and developers working on one project that's a pretty big code base where you're not stepping on each other where you're not like you typically you have teams of like five or six people that are working on something very specific 25 at once all working on the same project full time 40 hours 365 or you know 2000 hours a week or a year that seems 2000 that's a, year. a lot of developers 2000 years that's if I like had 25 developers. What the hell? Like that that seems crap. excessively big for a project. Like I like that's a big project, not like and I can you can see how much how much code's in there, but but again, like and that might be include testers, right? And you have other people involved. Like it's not all I think devs, it right? Include, I think it's I think that's all in. I think it's all employees. I think Still. devs is probably 10, 11 max. But 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 is there anybody qualified? How many people that are voting on this are qualified to determine if that's correct or not? I've also remembered another complication is that obviously in most European countries, you have national insurance as well. So if sure. your all-in salary is $160,000, the employer has to then put in $100,000 or so, maybe less, I don't know, but it's, it, it is a significant portion of the salary, yeah. uh, international insurance and tax. So you're actually, your all-in cost for hiring somebody is probably like... Yeah, I, yeah I, don't, I don't even I mean, actually know what it is. That's healthcare that's a, yeah. is a scary number. Healthcare here and 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 unemployment insurance here and everything. Like here, it's about eighteen percent over. So if it's hundred thousand salary, it's usually about one eighteen with with uh, unemployment insurance and everything else. And then healthcare is on top of that. Like if you're doing a stipend or something else, is QCERA, yeah. or if you're doing something else, like that's different. But because that's extremely expensive here, um, whether you're going to help the employer or not, because at small companies you don't necessarily have to. But anyway, so but. Anyway, why are we still talking about this freaking these goddamn proposals? It's Fifty minutes now. Can we can we talk about something more fun? 
Okay, so apparently in the UK, the average cost is 1.7 times basic salary. Oh, man. Wow. wow. Jesus. So what, is that taxes? Like, what is that? Is that all just, that's just uh, employer responsibilities for government payments that support the employee in case of healthcare or this, that, basically, else, right? It's basically, uh, I think, all NICs. What's yeah. that? What's that NIC? Uh, NICs is national insurance contributions. Oh, okay. So it's, yeah. it's, it's basically state pension and, yeah. um, and a kind of miscellaneous. So, so national insurance was originally for, uh, yeah, essentially state pension old age provision, I mean, some socialized healthcare, but the NHS is like a totally different thing. Like you can never pay NICs in your entire life. Yeah. And obviously you get free access to the NHS. So the, Right, it, right. it is somewhat nebulous, and there is currently a public debate going on in the UK where there should specifically be a ring, a ring fenced. No, no, this part of your salary is not NICs. This is your NHS, yeah, yeah, um, yeah tax. Yeah. I mean, I, because because the thing is, like in the UK, the NHS is so uncontroversial. Un- everybody's happy to pay for. Everybody knows that if your tax is going towards the NHS, we're fine with it. Yeah. What we don't like it generally except is except like fifty five percent of the population or so. The, what? Uh, Brexit joke. Never mind. Moving on. Oh, right. <laughs> they hate. They hate Europe. They they thought Too the sure. NHS would be good. Like they thought because it was because that was the thing they put on the bus, wasn't it? They yeah, said, the bus thing. Yeah, the they bus said thing. leave Europe and we'll have more money for the NHS. And right, then, right. It, you know, it turns out that all the nurses were Spanish. So oh shit, <laughs> backfire. Yeah, Great one I mean, point Dexter. But again, like the in the U.S., like if you actually looked at everybody's all-in piece of that with the healthcare costs people pick up individually. And, and if you take that as an average, it might be lower. If you take that as an extremes in terms of people who have had sig- significant healthcare costs or the types of things, I mean, it's, it's absolutely bankrupted millions of individuals, right? So, I mean, there, there's, when you put that thing in one, if you, you put that in one bucket and you say, oh, okay, it's, a, it's 170%, it sounds ridiculous. If we actually took and took a cross section of folks here in the US and you actually figured it out, it probably, they'd probably be pretty reasonable in the, in the grand scheme of things. Right. So I don't know. It's, that's, but people don't like to talk about that shit. Right. They just like the idea of that, that everybody's in control of their own. I've just unquote. also realized that last number was because the, 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 it was on a recruitment calculator site and they were assuming recruitment fees and extra stuff. It's actually lower. It's lower than I thought it was. Yeah. It's like, uh, just over 25. It's going to be about 25%, something like that. Ben um, Davis says, fuck that bus. <laughs> Finally, something we can all agree upon. Yeah. <laughs> so, so base salary of 100K, NICs are 14,131. Oh, that's not bad. It's only 14%. Yeah, yeah so that's yes. definitely less than what we're paying if you take so, into account like our yeah. personal costs. I mean, I'm, I'm paying $1,000 a month just for health insurance, not even including deductibles or anything. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the employer has to contribute towards pension as well. So there's some additional costs yeah, we don't have that, that aren't just NICs, but... But yeah, it's it's like a 20, 25, 30%, maybe 30% all in or something like that. And Actually, then first some additional first year costs. I shouldn't have said that. We we do have that. We have we have a, a mandatory social security payment that comes out of if you if you do salary. I shouldn't have said that. But beyond social security, which is which is pretty light in terms of reward in terms of um, coverage when you retire, there's no mandatory like four oh ones or other types of things, four oh one Ks or other types of IRA programs that are in place. Although there's a lot of options for small businesses to have Small businesses actually do much better in terms of retirement opportunities um, than than enterprise companies that um, that have. I tell you what, a little bit more. I was very excited about that when I learned that last year. I was like, yeah. "Really, I could do that? Really? Yeah. Well, I'll be damned." 
especially I, I think the U.S. does a pretty decent job. I, I think um, a way to think about it is they the reason that we're so fucked is they cater to large enterprise businesses and there's a lot of workarounds to kind of core rules and they try to be able to help large enterprise employers. At the same time, the U.S. does a pretty good job of trying to spur innovation and they do that to there are a lot of benefits to small independent LLCs or single owner companies or other types of things. Um, and that's been getting better over time because they realize that gig economy and people being entrepreneurs and starting and breaking out. I think that's been a, an area that the U.S. government has always tried to be able to support in some way or the other, if they can. We and have so like, a weirder uh, relationship here where, at least like from my perspective, it kind of seems like small and medium companies sort of pay the brunt they're the riskiest businesses usually doing the most innovative stuff or, or the most essential stuff like you know coffee shop down the road is not like the most innovative thing but the, the owner's taken on a big risk they're doing a thing yeah and that's like the bread and butter of the economy as well is those kind of yeah absolutely preneurs if you like um to reference the social network but the preneurs. The yeah, what but, have you but, but Obviously, obviously, those people like uh, are small enough that by and large they're just they're paying the tax. They're they're just trying to get by and like not cause the trouble and all that kind of stuff. But like, the, you know, the biggest players in the economy are not. Play, yeah, ha ha ha. Uh, ben Davis said, "I'm glad I arrived in time." <laughs> the taxis. Hey, look, look, look. We uh, have a big AWS bill, and like fuck, <laughs> AWS paying a goddamn cent in the UK. I'd be astonished if they pay any tax here. And you know, it, it wouldn't. It would a little bit surprise me if we paid more tax than them, but it also also wouldn't potentially surprise me. So you know, swings and roundabouts. Um, I'm going to run quickly run through some comments because I've noticed some. Um, uh, so we got. Go, Going back a few minutes here, we've got Asaf. Um, don't know who this guy is. Looks handsome, but he says, I'm here to shut up. Cryptic. Um, we've got uh, <laughs> Cause Less Harm asking what would happen uh, to the chain if Notional didn't get funded. Uh, nothing. Good question. Probably nothing. Um, well, hold on. I want to go back to that one for just a second. If Notional didn't get funded, yeah, I think the answer is probably nothing, but there'd be a little bit more leverage. And I think that'll affect the smaller chains the most, the ones that don't yet have the staff or the, the knowledge base yet to actually implement their own like security structure. I think if, that's where Notional really shines. If Notional gets funding, does that necessarily mean that anybody else who puts in for the same idea does not get funded? What if Strange what if what if Strange Love came out and said, you know what? We want that one. We we think that we want to be able to do that. Would they go, oh shit, I, I totally do that. <laughs> Like I want, I want Jack and team to be able to be 24, seven, support for all ad cosmos hub issues. Well, yeah. Only if Jack personally though, otherwise, <laughs> nah, well, it could, be, well, it could be jabby too. So, so, but that's so, true. You yeah. have jabby. He's yeah, also jabby always involved Winston. there. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, would, with a little headset. would somebody say, okay, we're going to revoke this other one or that or those are already tied. So therefore this is it for the next three years. Like that, that's again, this is like so goofy. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think the thing to be said is that I think some chains would have just died sooner if Notional weren't involved. Of course. And the question of whether that's a good thing or not, I think is a fair <laughs> question. Like some of these chains, maybe they sh maybe when Dragonberry rolled around, they should have just been like, ah, well, it's uh, funny. That's that. And then just shut down. Everybody looks a comeback. Yeah. And, and like it's, worth say, it's worth saying as well, obviously, that like a lot of the Dragonberry stuff was like they're not to minimize anybody's contribution in all of that, but 
there were key players who were actually putting it together for everybody. And a lot of those people are in common between the hub, other large players in the system, and obviously Osmosis. And they were very careful about the order they did it. And they secured the chains with the most value locked first and were very communicative and very professional. And when it really hits the fan, you tend to find that people just get up and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that work shouldn't be valued. It should be valued. But mm-hmm. back to what would practically happen, that is what happened with Dragonberry. And the devs who found it and patched it literally made patches for every other chain. <laughs> yeah, Like yeah. they went and did that for all of the key chains. So yeah. Um, uh, I guess this is related to uh, the funding stuff earlier. Um, every chain using and relying on Cosmos and Cosmos should contribute to the team behind it. Um, as to be honest, some chains made millions during previous bull market and they're avoiding to give a really small chunk to Confio. Um, other, but other chains have, right? Juno, wasn't Juno the first yeah. one to actually fund that? And I think, I believe Stargaze did as well early yeah, on so. and some others. Like there's... That has happened, right? It's not like this is the first time they've ever come back for yeah, this. Yeah, I think uh, it's more just the the difficulty of funding in the bull, in the bear market where some chains haven't, you know, collateralized into into, into other things. Um, you know, so, I, we've talked about uh, a game of notes chain. The the what would actually be valuable is a funding specific contract chain, like to be able to actually build some guardrails. Like this is so distri- so distributed and so kind of broken up some sort of way to centralize funding requests, the structure of those, the review of those, the distribution of those, the rules around it, contract enabled. So like even at, like we, the Cosmos can't, the, the uh, in the Cosmos hub, they couldn't even write it. There's no Cosmosm, right? They couldn't even write a contract to deliver that over a period of time, right? They'd have to be all manual. There's no controls over that. I mean, be, I think that makes sense yeah. for it to be Juno, right? With Dow Dow. It would be, it would yeah, totally make sense. Yeah, I think you Dow yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, there, there's a real, there's a real big case to be made around somehow centralizing some of this type of thing. Sorry, uh, Todd just said I can't hear me, but now I'm, if I screw with it now, now in post, I'm going to be fucking with levels for the next four hours. Just you brick wall compressor. Fifty-six minutes. Brick wall compressor. Just put the uh, Mick Gordon Doom compressor That's what I do. on it. I do. Oh, I like that. Oh, that's a good under so that like. It's fine when you're talking, and then as soon as you stop talking, like every little speck of dust is like. Yeah, yeah, like, that that's a good album. Which one? The Doom Eternal soundtrack. Oh, yeah. it's, it's freaking fucking crazy. It's really, really great. Um, anyway, sorry. Thanks, yeah, Todd. Uh, so yeah, uh, so Rama's solution is ask for three years, put it all into monitor control by the community, distribute every quarter when deliverable was met. Otherwise, sends back to the community pool. Yeah, solid model. Um, Somebody else said that they have the same problem in Polkadot. It's not, um, it's not unique to the Cosmos. Makes and, sense. But, oh yeah, funky one. Does the Cosmos ecosystem use bounties for funding? Something where a certain amount of deliverables must be completed before getting top-up additional funding. That's basically doubt out, right? So you, you can't do that with just an on-chain prop, but you can do it with something that has vesting, escrow, something like that. Well, so that's not entirely that's true, idea. though. I, I, I have one interjection there. Secret actually does have um, funding proposals for, for specific bounties. And I think the way it works, last time I checked, was that basically it goes to a multi-sig. They, we say, hey, do we want to fund these? There's a vote on whether it's funded or not. And someone can pick it up, and once it's delivered, then they get paid. And that's just how it works. 
But as far as I'm aware, Secret's the only network that that has that system built out. And it's done. People are actually implementing it. Um, Secret Saturn, Alex from Secret Saturn has done several of them, I want to say. Um, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. We should have somebody on from the Secret team to talk about I, this. I had no Man, idea. That'd, that'd be that'd be so nice. thing. <laughs> like, yeah, you had no idea? <laughs> I had no idea. Like. <laughs> That's great. Asaf's <laughs> like, really? Do we? I didn't even know. That's funny. I'm literally like not touching any funds, not dealing with dealing with money. I'm doing my personal taxes right now from 2020. <laughs> from 2020, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm gonna pay the- some fines, apparently. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> Can we circle um, back to the vesting? Uh, implementation yes like <laughs> how it works on the sdk it's, it's continuous so i i don't think that you have to like report it every block that you get uh, a vesting event like i think that every time that you withdraw uh, funds from the vesting account then you need to to report it as a vesting event i I'm very careful to not get into financial advice territory here because uh, I'm not a I'm not a, I'm not a tax lawyer, but I think it is quite different. Basically, depending on whether they start looking at them like shares or not, is my understanding. Yeah, and and that's when it just gets into Jesus Christ, lads, just pay me in crypto. <laughs> just just pay pay us a number, pay us a number, and then we take twenty percent of that and we give that to the tax man uh, or twenty. Whatever it is, whatever it's gone up now. It's like it was. It was, I think, nineteen. It's time. It's twenty this year. I think it goes up to twenty-one next year, and then it eventually is twenty-five. Um, corporation tax going up. Wow, whatever. That, that's glorious. I paid in the forties last year in taxes. Yeah, I mean, obviously we have other taxes. Like if we sell a thing, then we like. So if we take a retainer in crypto, we have to pay VAT, um, like sales tax. So then it would be forty percent, almost dead on. Um. So yeah, but uh, anyway, in conclusion, uh, there was a whole bunch while we were talking about um, salaries. General conclusion is most countries, it's about 30% um, on top. And there is a lot of discussion about how all that breaks down. Um, and some uh, some people saying happy anniversary. This is, this is I think, technically show 53. No. Wait, no. No, 51. this is 52. No, it's 51. Yeah, I think it's 51. Shh. No, 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 because no, we missed one. Yeah, we skipped so it. This, so this is 52, but we did so, 2.5. Oh, all right. Which yeah. uh, this is, yes, but, this but is our 52. 52nd show, but our 51st week. Our 51st week, yeah, exactly. So, so this is an anniversary. Wait, this is not the anniversary special. That's Fuck next it. Week. Who cares? Got, it is. It's close enough. You got enough. pre-rugged. You got pre-rugged. Uh, next, next week, we might actually have to be off time. So prepared, because we, I think... Schultz and L might be on planes. That's right. Yep. So we might have to do it on a different day. We might try to do it as we might try to do it Friday. The we were talking about Friday the tw- uh, what the hell day is that? Third, 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 third. That sounds right. Man, yeah. I can't believe ETH Denver is next week. For everyone that's gonna be in ETH Denver next week, come say hi. I've got stickers. Yeah, me too. I got all sorts of shit. Those stickers are, are pretty pretty ace. I'm incredibly jealous. They're ace. We got also yeah. we got some we got some game that's cool but we got Look some at that. wait that's wait. really great that's pretty awesome 
Um, no, Zuber's pulling his out. He's like, wait, I want to show off my stickers. It's show and tell time right now. We 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 don't have Game of Nodes M&Ms because I was overruled. But, you know, maybe there will be an event in Europe where I will go and there will be Game if, of M&Ms. If you find us at ETH Denver, we have that, which is pretty legit. Which That's a good cool. Game of Nodes sticker right there, which you guys see it. But the real one, should, I, should we show it? Yeah, yeah because I'm hyped to see it again. This so alpha. this is so fucking alpha right yeah. there. That, that. we're going we the wag TJ sticker. That thing, we don't have a lot of these. That's like it's like a real NFT. It's cooler than an NFT. You can put it on your laptop. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> wow. So Schultzy and I and uh King Notes no memes will be out there uh, next week. Um, we'll have some of these we'll we'll probably give some other uh, friends of the show who are out at ETH Denver, like Jake will be out there. So let me have some of these to hand out. So, um, but yeah, we can, if you're, if you're out there, if, if not, you can email us at uh, those stickers are dope at big ball, big balls, blockchain.com. And we might even send some in the mail. Uh, but yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah. They're pretty sick. Um, so yeah. Should we get to our guest? Tell us about, <laughs> about the Denver, but we should probably, yeah. Talk to us off okay, about right, yeah. secret. Huh? Cause it's like, an hour in, as is tradition. We've, tradition. We've, as is tradition. I'm okay. We've ignored our guest. We, we've ignored our guest, but we should we should stop <clears> doing <throat> that. Wait, hang, well, hang on, wait. Just circle back. I, I, my brain just caught up with what happened. Did you just propose that we don't do Game of Nodes at the usual time next week? We, I, I, I literally think we cannot. Because I think that the three of us, you could do it by yourself, but I think the rest of us might be actually on an airplane or pretty close to it. Oh, hey, you know what? I actually could be there next week that time. I arrive at noon in Denver. I don't think we can get into the house until four, which... There's parks. We've seen <laughs> Noel do it. Be a little true. safari guy. I need, right, that, well, I need that meme from the from the death of Stalin <laughs> where, where um, Belushi... Is it Belushi? No, it's Belushi. Uh, Bashimi is reading out the, the charges against Barrier, and he's like, you, you've been convicted of, of anti-Soviet behavior and will be shot. That's that's what's going on here. This is treason. You will be shot. Suggesting moving the time. I know. We've, su- we've I- survived the great the great deshitting of twenty twenty two and stayed on time every every week, mostly sort uh, of. It's funny. Well, yeah. we had a couple times where we switched times, and we've been very consistent for the last God thirty weeks now. We, we moved it- shifted a couple times. We moved it up like an hour, back an hour or something like that, didn't we? Well, originally like it was much later, wasn't it? Like three hours, four hours later. Yeah, the I think we were allowing Noel to actually like wake up and be coherent. Then like we were that. just like, ah, it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to be. It's fine. <laughs> he can suffer. He can right. suffer. Um. So, Asaf. Hi. Um. <laughs> You're in the playroom. <laughs> we keep we keep going back to it, and then you just you just keep getting distracted again. <laughs> something else. Um, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about the upcoming upgrade on Secret? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, you do. Yeah, not a major one, I guess. Um, we're still like dealing with the fallout from the SGX vulnerability, so we are going to rotate the encryption seeds um, and re-encrypt the entire state. Um, we're also adding a, a light client inside the enclave because on secret, uh, there's an attack vector where 
you can um, send false transactions uh, on your node offline to try to steal information from contracts. So we're adding light client inside the enclave to try to to mitigate that. Um, so you'd have to to have your transaction signed by the by the validators before you you can execute it in a in a contract. Um, How is it that you can uh, re-encrypt the state whenever I was under the impression that uh, Secret had thrown away the encryption key? Is that not true? Or like Secret Labs had thrown we away. We don't the have key. the encryption key, um, but it's it's encrypted in the it's stored it it is stored in the encrypted files uh, you have on every node. Uh, so when we compile a new version, the a new like enclave, it can read the encryption fi- encrypted files and use the encrypted keys encryption keys. Um, so the new version will will generate a new seed and then decrypt the entire state with the old seed and then re-encrypt it with the new seed. Well, actually, got it. It's going to be a, like a lazy, a lazy approach. We won't do it uh, like synchronously on the like in the upgrade handler. But once you access a state key, it will decrypt it with the old seed and then encrypt it with the new seed. Uh, so it won't take like a week to do the upgrade. <laughs> Got it. Interesting. So I guess if you can decrypt it, uh, what what was the point of tossing the seed originally then? If that's a valid question. I don't know if I'm right asking the quite the right question. Yeah, right I'm not question. sure what, what do you mean by tossing the seed? Yeah, so I was under the impression that... Um, in order to build the daemons, basically, you have a key that basically allows for the encryption. I was under the impression that Secret had basically gotten rid of it so that they wouldn't be able to unencrypt the state. Yeah, so, so there's a couple of things. Um, like, these are two different, two different things. So the first thing is um, when we... Uh, upgraded the network on, uh, on September 2020 with the secret contracts, there was just like one validator which generated a random seed. Uh, and then uh, validators started to join the, the network and got the seed from the, the bootstrap validator. And then once enough uh, joined the, rejoined the network, we deleted the machine. So it was kind of like a trusted setup, like, you had to trust secret labs to not like, you know, get the, extract the seed somehow. Uh, but then the other thing is that we have a private key to to compile new enclaves with. So in theory, like we have a backdoor so we can compile, like offline compile a version and extract the seed, which we never did. But in theory, we did this, uh, we can do this. And the reason is because um, if you write um, encrypted files with SGX to the file system, uh, then you can only decrypt them with the current enclave or with the um, a private key of the developer, which is us. So in order to do chain upgrades, we like it was a trade-off. <laughs> 
if we if we didn't do this that way, we we wouldn't be able to do chain upgrades. Um, Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, kind of convoluted explanation, but uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I thought it made sense. There's there's basically two different keys there: one for basically compiling the daemon, and one for um, for what was the original validator, effectively that that initiated the initial um, encryption process. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. It had to be like a random uh, value, so we couldn't do this in consensus. Like right now, we are looking at ways to do this in the future to rotate keys and somehow with MPC have all the validators uh, calculate a new random number which no one knows besides them. Uh, but that's not easy. <laughs> yeah, to put it mildly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, is that so? I've I've, I've been talking with with Erdeman and he said that. During this upgrade, we can rotate our consensus keys. Is that what he's talking no. about, or is is what what's happening there, and what what spurred the rotation of consensus keys? Because that seems really interesting, considering that's such an in vogue conversation piece right now in Twitter with well, with all nodes. Yeah. So it seems interesting, so, like an interesting coincidence. If yeah. yeah, also two different things, like consensus the, the consensus keys of the validators in tender means it. it like it's not what we're doing at all. Like we're rotating the encryption seed, uh, which we call consensus seed, I guess. Encryption consensus seed, uh, which is the value. It's like 32 bytes of value that with uh, from it you can derive all the encryption keys um, in the network. What the white hat researchers uh, did in the SGX hack is to extract that seed uh, using an SGX vulnerability. So effectively, they they could decrypt transactions, inputs and outputs. State is a bit more complicated. They weren't able to do this. Um, but yeah, we because of that, we need to rotate the seed to a seed that they don't know, like to ensure that no one knows the seed. Even though you know they they swore that they deleted the seed, we we don't really know if they did. Okay, so I thought that the previous upgrade was what had handled that. So it's this one now, then. Okay. Yeah, we we <laughs> it was a bit more complicated. We just patched the the SGX vulnerability in the previous upgrade. Yeah, not uh, not fun. Couple of months. <laughs> no, no, it, it was pretty stressful. But for a while there, we were down to only a couple of nodes. When normally for any network we have, we have you know our standard node, then a couple of backups which we use to communicate via Horcrux. But all that basically went down for a while, while OVH Cloud was updating their BIOS. So it, it was kind of horrifying for for a while there. That's all just been. What is that, Schulte? That's SGX specific requirements that either are not being exposed or keep moving forward and and the providers you're using are or is it a bios issue or is it just like is it architecture what yeah. is, what's what's the core of that uh asaf you probably know better than me please go ahead it's a bios issues like intel oh, distribute is. the patch the bios patch to the uh, oems and then they need to create like a bios 
for their machines, which they don't do right like in time. Yeah, I mean, there's. I'm, I'm sure at that scale they have what like tens or twenties of thousands of machines. So like to be able to push a BIOS patch is not a small issue, right? So it's got to be tested. It's got to go through a pretty. I'm sure a pretty long process to get out there. So that, that so it's the same hardware. That's is that SGX is on the chip, right? It's not a separate yeah. hardware chip, right? It's it's actually on, in the Xeons or whatever else. And so it's just a BIOS enabling of that that you guys are using. Yeah. It's a little nuanced in that SGX is there's software controlled SGX and there's hardware controlled SGX. Yeah. And Secret only works for hardware controlled SGX, right. which I suppose right. suggests that that is there's like a, a separate enclave on the motherboard itself. I thought it was in the it's in the die, isn't it? Isn't it in the Xeon itself? Or is it in the chip? Or is it a separate is it a separate like SGX chip that's sitting in the motherboard somewhere? It's in the chip. Uh, I think yeah. the software one is just for simulating. Not sure if it's really right. secure for any application. Yeah. So, and then, and then, based on what you guys are doing, it requires different. Oh, this is a stupid word, but a, a, almost like an API or a call that you're using to the SGX module. Those things obviously evolve over time, and so therefore, it needs a BIOS-specific type structure that you guys are using yeah. to be able to enable functionality. So, I could see cloud-based vendors; they're they're probably lagging based on what you guys are doing. Yeah. Right. Is like right. Like I'm okay. That makes sense. So it might be better to run in your own. Here you go. Schultz, you're looking for a way to stand up your own data center. Here you go. Perfect. I definitely thought about that. You're in charge. You're in charge of your own BIOS. At least for secret. Sounds amazing. That sounds like exactly (laughs) what I want. Yes. Uh, The good news is that you control your own BIOS. The bad news is you control your own BIOS. Yeah, I want none of that, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's right. One thing I'm curious about with the the new upgrade is uh, I read that there's going to be auto compounding of staking rewards without like yeah. using AuthZ or anything. How, how does that work? Is it just going to be automatic? It's an opt-in feature. Um, you'd have to send a transaction for a delegate or invalidator pair to enable uh, auto compounding. And I guess, I think every like 100 blocks, it just claims your rewards and then immediately stakes them again. Um, Just a little tweak in the SDK, (laughs) nothing much. Um, Really? Okay, so so it's not going to require like a separate validator wallet or anything then? Because with running restake, you know, we have to make sure all of our funds are constantly topped up. It just automatic. Uh, no, but you can't, like, you can't force your delegators to auto uh, restake because then to claim the rewards, they need to essentially unbond for 21 days. So we thought people won't right. love it. So, <laughs> so it's an opt-in feature for now. That seems like a great upstream uh, patch to me. Yeah, actually, we, we weren't sure... It's still experimental. We weren't sure how much overhead it will add. Um, kind of like the Osmosis Epoch, uh, but every 100 blocks. So maybe we'll have to stretch that a, a bit. Uh, so yeah, kind of experimental, but uh, we wanted to play with it. <laughs> so when you say every 100 blocks, do you mean every 100 blocks based off of when they sent the auto compound command or do you mean every like block mod 100 
I think Black Mod 100. It's a param. It's an on-chain param, but I think the initial value is 100. Got it. So if someone sent off the transaction at block 99, they would then compound the next block. That, that's pretty cool. Interesting. It effectively would be kind of like micro epochs, I guess, then. Yeah, interesting to see how it will affect chain performance once enough people opt in. Frey, what are you doing over there? <laughs> I'm mute. Fuck. God, you got him off guard. Still on mute. He's he's panicking. That's all I can see. Come on, Boomer. My my mouse my mouse died, and then holy the, shit! The fucking streamyard on mute is a massive pain. It so is. I couldn't unmute because I was just like, so I just had to kind of. There's a laptop over here. I just had to grab the laptop and do the thing where it's kind of. Sorry, that was pretty <laughs> distracting. Just like fucking unfuck the thing. Uh, <laughs> well, it looked very distressing. <laughs> It's just it's just annoying when everything's kind of plugged in on a thing on the wall. You're just like, anyway, sorry, ignore me. Uh, uh, and how is it with uh, having a new kid? You have you have like a three month old, yeah. three month old now, yeah. Yeah, I have a three month old. She's a cute baby, but uh, <laughs> she wakes up a lot. And I also have like a two year old, two and a half year old. Which also tends to wake up. I'm surprised she she's asleep right now, but yeah, I, I don't get a lot of sleep nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, young kids, man. It's all about sleep. That's the only thing that's important. Like that's everything else is. It's tough to it's tough to sleep train, especially like three and a half month or like is to get to six or six seven months eight months. Like it's really tough to sleep train to to get them to the point where they can go through the night and, yeah. and everything else. I think you you can't sleep train at three months, maybe six. No, seven. no, too early. Yeah, yeah, six, seven, eight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was like that was like our one big thing was like trying to train our kids how to how to actually sleep, which which sounds ridiculous, right? Like it sounds like the idea of sleep training sounds silly. Like what are you talking about? Like just, they just go to sleep, right? And they sleep. No, no. Like <laughs> like actually getting into very repeatable structures. Where kids that that age, even any age, but they like repeatability and structure. And if you can kind of build that over time, um, you said it's like we need to make this repeatable hell. and automated. So exactly that, right. Uh, we, we need a really DAO for sleep training. We need to scale this operation like, exactly. beyond our, exactly. our primitive constraints. Sleep, but sleep training DAO. For every yeah. for every for every one hour of sleep loss you have, you need to add thirty percent extra. <laughs> the the uh, mint, yeah, exactly. As the, the mint, employee contribution, the mint goes uh, to shit. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It can be very, yeah, a, very frustrating to see to see your kid very very tired, but she doesn't know that she need needs to sleep, and then you have to fight to get her to sleep. So yeah, and also yeah. no one. Like you don't get it until you have kids. How much the <laughs> lack of sleep for yourself affects you? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, and like for us, it was always like, and like we. This is too much, but but there's bottle feeding or breastfeeding, right? So that also plays a role in like who's up, yeah, and who's awake and who's doing all that work, and then so your role as a dad becomes just to maintain some sort of semblance of order and try to protect your wife and like because you're useless in the middle of the night i can't do shit right 
So like I can't do anything at, at every two hours for the first six months, but I can be there to say this sucks. I agree. <laughs> I can be like I want to be awake for that. I don't want to just sleep through it. And be like oh, how was last night? I got twelve hours of sleep. How did you do? Yeah. So yeah, I know it's I, tough. I've heard of people that have done that. Like they just go and sleep in a different room. Well. I, so the, yeah. it's insane to I mean, no surprise that a lot of those I think relationships don't last. You know, imagine my surprise. But every, even every, so. every relationship and kids are always different. My my advice to new dads has always been this: like the the mother, it, there's a there's a in, there's a maternal nature to be able to take care of that child, right? And so that mother's going to do everything possible. The, the, wouldn't sleep for days, right? Like, and and you, and you as the member of the family with a thing swinging between your legs really can't do anything to make that better. What you can do is make her life better. Yeah. That's it. So whether that is doing simple things like cleaning up or taking shit out of the way or doing things to make sure that her life is only focused on that child, that is the only that is honestly the only benefit that you can provide because otherwise you're just in the fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> like also don't do like for instructions like no, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. Don't be like, don't be like, so does this need to be picked up or do I need yeah. to clean these dishes? No, just, just fucking do it. Like just get out of the way. <laughs> just, just stand up and do it. And, and like, and just focus on making her life better. And her job is to make that baby's life better. Right. And that's, that's the only advice I've ever gotten that I received and which was really good advice because I want to, I want to get involved. Like I want to step inside and be able to help with these kids and whatever else. And I quickly realized I have no fucking role here. I can't, I can't sub. I can't nourish this kid. I can't fuck like I can maybe walk around and burp it. And maybe if we get to the point of, of like breast milk and bottles, I can feed it. But other than that, I'm mean, useless, right? Like Asaf, you're just in the way, right? Yeah. Like, so the goal is like, <laughs> like the goal is you just got to like make, make your wife's life as easy as you can, knowing that it's going to be miserable for six to eight months. So, so you're telling me that when you have a two or three multi-sig with your newborn, and yes. you vote and execute the go to bed instruction. The child is not bound by the result on the blockchain. I have no idea what the fuck you just said. <laughs> is, that, is that a DAO? Situation? Is this a DAO? Is this a DAO? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if um, I don't know if childhood's a DAO. I don't think it is. There's no equality in that situation. In like, all likelihood, it's not a DAO, is it? Well, there's no there's no equality in a DAO, is there? That's true. So maybe it is. Maybe that's true. I don't know. I don't know. This is. This is. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth. It's worth. It's worth remembering that the uh, the person who first introduced me to the concept of DAOs was also the one uh, who I can quote as saying, "Well, look, mate. At the end of the day, everything is a Ponzi when you really think about it. <laughs> it's all a Ponzi. That's true. That part. So, that part's accurate. You to make of that what you will about DAOs." <laughs> You could say that the child is the only one with voting power. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, at four a.m. That it's that, a one of three multi sig, yeah. and you are not you are not the 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 signer. At you four a.m., it doesn't. Yeah, there it's a hundred percent that way, man. Let me tell you. Yeah. So the only thing I would say is don't sleep through when your wife is up every two hours. You can't. You can sleep through some of those, but every time. Mm. <laughs> So you're rest? saying don't tell her to like be quiet when she closes the door behind her. <laughs> I, it's you know, I don't know, man. It's tough. I think it's it's uh yeah. I our kids are 20 months apart, so I think Asaf, you you a little bit more than that, but like 
it's it's when they're young, they're it, it, and the good news is it just gets harder. <laughs> it's, diff- wow. it's it's different, but it gets harder. It's different. Well, twenty miles. They sleep. They, they sleep through the night, but you get all you get all sorts of random. Yeah, it gets yeah, it gets crazy. How old are, how old are they right now? Uh, nine and eleven. Huh. Nine and eleven. Yeah, so it's been a while, but yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, twenty yep, months yep, is yep. not a lot. Twenty months is not a lot. Yeah, but it, but again, like I think you know, it's if you guys are you guys done or one more? I, I don't know more. <laughs> Oh, I, I don't okay. have voting power either. <laughs> bear in mind, bear it's mind, a different doubt. You said, I have to remind you, this is a podcast. <laughs> I know we joke about this being, being the group chat. Just like, uh, yeah, yeah. Saf, also, can you, uh, can you just remind yeah. us of your mother's maiden name? Um, <laughs> your dress of the first house you lived in, your date of birth. <sighs> uh, like some more doxing information would be like your favorite car. Fucking, it's, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite? What was your favorite pet's name? Uh, you know. Cosmos oh, is not God. about the airdrops. It's Don't just about me. the friends you make along the way. <laughs> the real airdrop was the the, the friends real, you make along the way. Oh, the kids up! Made. See, look at up from the, the seat. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> oh dear! For those of you listening at home, it's too the, funny. Uh, Asaf has got up from yep. his chair in a hurry. And I'm guessing the two and a half year old is on awake. the way out, but the camera is still recording. Yep. Shit. This is probably the peak game of notes moment, really, right there, isn't it? 